KBLA Talk 1580. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know <laughs> the governor said reparations is not just about money, but it's not not about money. Uh, it's a Freedman Friday, but open phones right now. Um, you know, hour three, we got the Freedman Fridays going every Friday, and I welcome you into the space um, on social media, on YouTube, and on these phones. We're going right to Molly Bell from the city of Compton. Good morning, Queen. <clears throat> reparations in memory of our ancestors. God uh, bless morning to you, Dominique, Miles, KBLA, family, delegation, and of course our chat room, which was blowing up. But uh, that always happens when we have, uh, uh, de- de- yeah, I guess, defending uh, groups come on. Mm, interesting. Just, <laughs> interesting yeah, analysis. When I, when I to, whenever I called the task force back when they first started, and if they had somebody that was going to be different, all their people, we were supposed to start calling in at 8.30. They'll call in at 8, and we couldn't, a lot of us could never even get through. But that's okay, because we need the dialogue. And, uh, Dominique, I thank you for giving all groups a platform for that. I just wanted to, um, and also I just want, wanted to say uh, in remembrance of uh Christopher DeAndre Mitchell, I'm mm. saying his name like you've asked us to do. That was a powerful show, Dominique. You 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 touched us and made us remember what we had to do. And thank you for all the things that you've done for uh, uh, Bobby Jean Anderson and the award that you and Tavis Smiley is going to get during Black History Month. Uh, it, it's time that we do this. But I wanted to just say that. Sometimes we as a people get thrown off of what our main thing is. What, what was the name to say? Keep the main thing the main Oh, thing. that's Jewel Diamond Taylor. The most important thing yes. is to keep the main thing the main thing. Right. So when we talk about reparations, we need to do that. Um, I'm just going to take just a minute. When Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King did the Great March on Washington, most of us only know the part that begins, I'm not a mindful, you came here out of great trials and tribulation. And I believe that that was chosen by not just us. It was chosen by other people because the speech began, we have come to this sacred place to cash a check. Don't that sound like reparation? It sure and does. And <laughs> you guys have, and America has given us a check that has been marked insufficient funds. Doesn't that sound like reparation? We don't even say that. We don't even say that part of the whole speech. I love, I love the whole speech, but we don't even, half the people don't even know that that's in it, that that's how it began with that, that Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King and the March on Washington. They came there to cash a check. Then later on, of course, we had a dream. Right, right, right. But, but that's how, but that's how it began. And sometimes, when we have guests on, and I enjoyed Cheryl Grills, I've, uh, Dr. Cheryl Grills, I've heard so many of them on the task force. I have a daughter, not a real daughter, but, you know, my play daughter. I got a couple of those. And uh, she's really involved in that. I, I'm one of the ones that think that all black folks are entitled to reparation. I, I believe that 
under if we just went by by lineage base, uh, President Obama couldn't get it because his father came here on his own, and they say that he wouldn't qualify. But Dominique, you made a great point, and you you couldn't hear me scream through the phone. But you say, but when the cops pull you over, what did you say? They don't ask you, oh, did you come here? Are you lineage? Or no, what? that was Dr. Grills who said that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That no, was Dr. That Grills. Was I mean, the thing about it, 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 Molly Bell, is the way the California task force has it, where they have special consideration if you're the descendant of enslaved black folks in this country, i.e., um, you know, a higher priority for cash payments. If you are the descendant of an enslaved African, because there is a question about, okay, well, I'm not in a scarcity mindset. And, you know, I don't see a bunch of African people over here with their hand out trying to get reparations. But to me, there, there, there is, um, there, there has to be a recognition that African Americans are a specific cultural, um, political, uh, and even ethnic group. Um, I, I feel like that is important. I mean, even from an ancestral uh, position, right. right? So are you saying that America should pay reparations, the United States should pay reparations for people from Africa, people from uh, the Caribbean, people from Brazil, all the places that have been colonized under enslavement and white supremacy? Well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we're talking about reparations in the United States. Right. And for those in the United States, we say who should get reparation. And you know we've been Mr. Peoples and others have been saying this. Dobas, descendants of black African slaves. Dr. Grill said, well, maybe we, and we did a, a, an enactment where we, uh, out here in Compton with Mr. Peoples and so many other big money and so many others, where we had a lot of children. And we said, look at them playing under the baobab tree. And we did that, and then some of them were the slave catchers. And they came and they took them. They put them on the ship. Then they dropped some of them off in uh, 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 Panama. Then they dropped some of them off. I mean, understood, understood. But right now we're talking about the reparations movement in, in the United States. And I guess what some of these, you know, FBA ADOs um, and others are complaining about is one of the things I hear is that they, you know, feel like we're just saying the U.S. should pay reparations for everybody. And um, no. you don't agree with that? No, I, I, I think that if, if we would, everybody and they, any person who has a piece of black animal, who don't know anything about slavery, who, whose family never went through the atrocities that we went through at the bottom of the ships and being thrown over, they say that the, the, the trail that the slave masters took, bringing us to America, uh, to Virginia, that... The sharks follow that trail because of the bodies that that were thrown over. I'm saying that reparations, we can talk about it. We can find about who was Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King says, we have come here to cash a check. Who was he just talking about? <laughs> was it just, I'm saying that if you were taken to Brazil, then let us be the example that the Brazil, black African Brazilians will use for their reparation, and we could do it. So I'm just saying because right now uh, I, we didn't come through. What was what's the name of that island? Ellis Island. 
we, we didn't come through Ellis Island like other white folks and other people did. And when they had their names on a ship list and on this, and I almost said another word for ship, but they had their name on a list so that they could know who their <laughs> families were. We don't have all that. Our families right now, and I'm asking them, go to your family Bibles. Go over to Big Mama's house, Big Mama's house, and find out the letters that they've written about and where they came from and find out who you are. But that should not be our main argument because maybe we might say if you didn't come on a slave ship, maybe you'll just get land. Maybe you'll get uh, a, a credit card that you never have to pay taxes with. We are a smart enough people to come up with something that everyone should get paid because President Barack Obama, his father brought him over, you know, came over here, married, had a son, and he was born in the United States. Trump tried to prove that that was a lie. And he was born in the United States. Well, you know, Molly Bell, they're talking about you in the chat room right now. I'm sure you'll see it because you're always in the chat room. But what what people may or may not know about Molly Bell straight out of Compton is that she's one of those people that has been working on reparations for a long time before the modern resurgence that we have now. Uh, you and Mr. Peoples, you were tracking the work of Charles Ogletree. Um, and I know you've worked with, you've had your own reparations organization and worked with others. So, um, you know, this is this is not something new to you. But when you hear the conversations going on now, I mean, I feel like from my own pers- from my perspective, Molly Bell, when I hear people saying, well, you know, um, somehow the, the, the example of Barack Obama. Yeah, he's not he was not um, uh, his dad is Kenyan. His mom is uh, white from Kansas. Um According to the California task force, he wouldn't necessarily have the, you know, lineage-based benefit, but he would still be impacted by legislation if we're able to do things that take the um, racism that's baked into the cake and some of these institutions away. That impacts everyone who's black. Is that enough? Or you're saying someone like that should have a cash payment? That's the one thing. And then on the other hand, I feel like the folks in the lineage-based movement turn their backs on Africa in a way that I don't think is smart for us because I feel like we have a birthright. We have inheritance and debt owed to us in the United States and in Africa. As African Americans, that's part of our unique class and lineage is that we have a birthright to the African continent. So when people hear, you know, say, oh, she's a Pan-African. Yeah, I'm a Pan-Africanist. But that doesn't mean I don't believe that um, black Americans are a distinct um, class of people uh, with a distinct beef or debt owed by the United States of America. So I think um, folks are getting confused because you're saying on the one hand, descendants of enslaved black Africans. On the other hand, you're saying Barack Obama should be included and, you know, and that we're all one throughout the diaspora. So I think uh, folks are getting confused by that. Well, I I thank you for, for clearing that. I don't know how to stay in the chat room and be on the phone at the same time. So I haven't read what they said, but our, Mr. Peoples and all of us back in the day, and we registered this with the Library of Congress, who should get reparation? 
Dobas, descendants of black African slaves. Now, I don't know if any of Barack Obama's family had ever, any his, his father's brother or something. I, I, I don't know that. I'm just saying that we as black people are smart enough to know. I don't know where DeAndre's family came from, George Floyd. I don't know, but, but they have been the victims of being black. Absolutely. They have been the victims of being black. So being black, to me, and this is just Molly Bell, to me, being black and being victimized, you are entitled to repair. And repair is whatever it takes to make us whole. I don't know what it's going to take. And that's the reason I don't like to call in when we have guests, because then we have an argument. Now we're not talking about reparation. We're talking about that. And I'm just, and the reason I brought up Martin Luther King's speech, and I'm going to hang up, the reason I brought up his speech is because I believe that his speech was great. But how many people out there, when you guys get a chance, we talk about Google, Google it. Google Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's speech, and he began with, we come to this place to cash a check. That sounds like reparation. And he says, and we don't believe that the Bank of America is bankrupt. And then he goes into, I have a dream. Most of us just know I have a dream part. I know all of that speech by heart. I had to say it at my church as a child. And then we end up, they keep saying that on MLK Day, it's a day of service. What is that about? What is that? We could we could do we could be do service, but that was a great anyway. That's a whole nother thing. Anyway, I'm just saying. To, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying to all of our guests that we as black people, who may not ever ever be able to prove because we didn't have any passports, we didn't have a ledger, they didn't keep all of our records. You, during this time, start looking up your family, see who they are and what they did and when they came here, because we are going to get paid. Let's speak that into existence and that we are. Listen, are you prayer warriors out there? Hmm. You know what you've got to do. You've got to keep fasting. You've got to keep praying, because the struggle continues, but always to God be the glory. Thank you, Dominique. Thank you, Molly Bell, straight out of Compton. Uh, okay, so now at least I understand why Molly Bell doesn't want to call in when people are on and get into arguments. Sometimes those arguments create um, intellectual progress, points of unity, points of understanding. Um, so that's why I, you know, like to stir the pot. But uh, certainly as, as much work as you've put in in this space, before um, some folks even knew what reparations was, you deserve to be given the respect and the space to talk uh, how you want to talk without having to argue if you don't want to argue, Queen. So um, thank you for calling. 800-920-1580 if you got something to say. 800-920-1580. It's, it's the old-fashioned way, the phone. Remember that? <laughs> All right, we're going to go to Q calling us from L.A. Good morning, Q. God rising, my sister. Thank you very much for your presentation. You know, on the subject of slavery, I don't think that um, 
Africans that are here, I'm not talking about African-Americans that were brought in slavery. They are the only ones that are qualified for the reparation coming from the U.S. government. Black people that were taken to Brazil, their reparation is coming from the Brazilian government or the Portuguese. Africans that were also affected by slavery, their reparation is coming from the French, the Spanish, the Portuguese, and the Europeans. The British, yeah. This reparation. The Dutch. And the British. Uh, uh, <clears throat> this reparation that is coming from the uh, U.S. is only for the uh, African-Americans who helped build this country. So they are the ones that are qualified. A former President Obama is not qualified because his, uh, but his wife is. He was not, his father didn't, was not brought here in slavery. Uh, so only his wife and his uh, Barack, uh, Barack Obama's mother, she's a white woman. So definitely she's out of the picture. So Barack Obama is not, is not qualified for a reparation. And so, and I've talked to various people within the government and uh, on the continent of Africa. They don't think about getting reparation from America. Their uh, reparations that they talk about is coming from the uh, those who colonized the uh, the continent. And of course, U.S. Did, U.S. did not colonize Africa. Therefore, they don't expect any well. <laughs> reparation. I mean, yeah, not not during the period of enslavement. We might be doing it now. And if by uh, America yeah, now, you mean yeah. Shell Oil, but that's a whole different conversation mm-hmm. for another day. Yeah, that that belongs to another symposium. And so the uh, um, the notion that uh, Africans or the Caribbeans um, are expecting some reparation. All those people that I've talked to, both in Africa and from the Caribbean, they don't. They don't, you know. And uh, I think the only thing that may confuse the situation is that a lot of some of the people have the English name, just like uh, some of our African and American brothers and sisters. So it's only African Americans that are qualified for U.S. Uh, reparation. So when you hear Dr. Yeah. Grill say, for example, well. Uh, UQ, I don't know where you're from, but you have some kind of accent, so I assume that you're uh, from somewhere in the diaspora. Well, I'm from Ghana. You're from Ghana, okay. Yes, I'm from Ghana. So, um, so when you hear someone say, look, uh, you know, you're from Ghana, but you're living here, so you're still subject to racism and discrimination and lending, discrimination and housing, all that kind of stuff, uh, you don't feel like that entitles you to any kind of reparation? No. You know, the reparation is uh, those that were affected by slavery. It's only people that, it isn't saying anything about those that were affected by discrimination and uh, blah, blah. It's only about slavery. Sometimes people get things confused. You know, whether uh, everybody gets subjected to uh, this uh, uh, racism and all this, but that was not, that is not a, um, the driving force behind um, uh, reparation. Reparation is about slavery. You know, so uh, anybody who say otherwise, no, I disagree with that person. Only African Americans who ancestors suffered for in building this country. This is that they are the only ones that are qualified for slavery uh, for reparation. Yeah. And anybody else, that's a different story. That's a different, uh, if you are suffering from racism or discrimination, 
there is a different avenue that you have to take for it to, have, uh, to rectify that uh, particular situation. But repression is only a way it's for slavery. So people shouldn't get it confused. I don't know why people get it confused and bring other... Um, I think the reason people get it confused, uh, as you would, as you're saying, is because it, it it maybe it starts with the promise that we were made for special order field order 15, that the promise we were made, the deal that was made to repair the harm of enslavement, but it also covers subsequent harm like Jim Crow, like um, you know the Black Wall Street, like uh, so so if you look at the way the California Task Force has tackled it, they have tackled not just enslavement but the subsequent harms of which our enslavement is the mothership, right? All of that stuff emanates from 12 generations of our ancestors working without pay. Um, and then the fact that that harm and protect that harm, the repair of harm and protection that we were promised in the reconstruction has not happened yet. 800-920-1580. It's a perfect time to call me. It's a Friedman Friday, TGIF on KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominic DePrima when we come forward. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Be heard. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. 809-20-1580. If you want to get in on this conversation, I appreciate everybody being up, being at it, and being willing to step into the space and have the conversation. Let's go to Derek calling us from Colorado. Good morning, Derek. Well, how are you doing? Uh, uh, you were talking about that. Uh, it, it was, I, I think it was uh, Sherman who issued that. Uh, 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 special field, yeah, special field order 15. My understanding from everything I'm reading is I think it was about 40,000 black people who did get some land, but the only problem with a lot of that land was the land that many people didn't want, and it was malaria infested, snake infested. And uh, those are the areas in uh, South Carolina. And uh, then some of them lost their land, too. But, I mean... Uh, well, that, that, but that, that field order was rescinded uh, by President Johnson. And the, all of the, the provisions of that were never um, actually fulfilled, including the fact that we were supposed to get protection. Uh, white people were so not supposed to be allowed into that land unless they were there as soldiers meant to protect um, the the freedmen. Um, and so the, so that, that contract was never honored, never fully honored yeah, by this that, country. Hmm? Yeah. But, but that uh, some of the black people did get their land. I mean, you can look at it, but what happened is the land was just so bad and was the land that white people didn't want. And then some of them wound up, lived, lived, uh, did wind up. Well, yeah, it was, but it was supposed to be confiscated land that was t- like plantations and things that were taken from Confederates. And it was supposed to yeah, be protected the, uh, by the, uh, the, the armed about, forces. Uh, and that never happened. It was supposed to be a radical land distribution. That never actually happened. Well, it did, did happen. I mean, you can look at it. Not as it was, not as it was outlined in the contract. We were supposed, there was supposed to be a significant redistribution of land and it was meant to be that you know good fine plantation land where we had been enslaved and it was meant to be protected um by the full force and power of the united states that did not happen no no that i mean they only forty thousand people got it then some of them wound up losing their land 
But the land they gave him, a lot of it was on the... I mean, I get your point, but my point is this. That legal contract was not honored, not fulfilled. It is a debt still owed. It's only 40,000 people out of 4 million. But it wasn't... But those those 40,000... um, are representative of black Americans and are suffering under enslavement. And that would, th- so to say only 40,000 people should have got reparation from enslavement is just doesn't even no, make any sense. That. So what's your point? I mean, what, where, where are you going with this, Derek? I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say that. I okay. So, only, so what were you trying to say? I said, uh, only, I said, when I said, was I said 40,000 received the land out of 4 million. And said if only forty thousand got well, the land. There should have been uh, were were uh, three million or four million. You should have received some land. Only forty thousand received. It, if land. that, because after Special Field Order fifteen was revoked by President Johnson, uh, you know yeah. that a lot of people, as you pointed out yourself, lost their land um, or were forced right. to abandon it, were terrorized off of it right. because that land was supposed to come right. with protection, and that protection never emerged. That's right. As, as the best way to do it, Dominique, is, uh, is it through land? Is it through education? Is it through uh, money? Or uh, I spoke to some. I spoke to some black Americans. He said, you know, something. Uh, some, somebody had mentioned about schooling, but somebody says, well, I'm uh, I'm too old to go to school. Just give me some money. I mean, is there, would everybody be different as far as would it be land? Would it be money? Or would it well, be, if you look at what the now, now this is just one state, but it happens to be one of the biggest states in the United States of America. If you look at what California did, I mean, that's what I would suggest you do. I'm, I'm, I haven't read the whole thing yet. I'm working on it. It's twelve hundred pages, but they break down into different areas and different harms are recommended for different kinds of repair. Money is one of those, and the priority for for money is meant to go to the descendants of um, enslaved Africans. However you want to call that, black people, black American, freedmen, Negroes, FBAs, that class of people. Now, do we need to repair and you know, and it's not just repair. It's also going to be about purging those badges, purging those uh, systematized um, remnants of, of white supremacy, the structures of white supremacy. That's going to benefit all black people. It's actually going to benefit people who aren't black, like Latino people and, and Arab American people. Do we want to parse who who benefits from, from justice on the on a broader basis, I don't think so. But the conversation is uh, is about you know how do you decide who is who is eligible for what repair? And I think uh, the questions that you're posing are questions that the task force has addressed, and no, and will continue to be addressed. I'm not saying they're the be all and end all, by the way, but it's a great start. I, mean, I only I only bring that up because somebody was saying you know something. I, I went to a reparations meeting in Milwaukee years ago, and I and they were talking about it. And uh, somebody said, uh, "I I want a check." So somebody said, "No, we we need to do education," and uh, because he said in their minds, and somebody said, "I have I've already gone to school, and I'm too old to be going to school. I need a check." And so that's what somebody was saying. That's the only thing. I right, but why does in and and I say both and. Okay. Okay. You know okay, why do we, okay. why do we have Maybe to why have. is it either or? We it was illegal for us to read. <laughs> it was illegal right, for right, us to right, even right. go to school. 
that's one piece. And then there's everything from, you know, 12 generations of unpaid labor to confiscated land to um, stolen bank accounts to eminent domain to um, housing covenants. All of these result in verifiable harm. Okay. One more thing, I want to hold you up. Some parts of the country they have, I know they have it here and I know they have it in, uh, in Milwaukee, they have programs that set up, specifically set up to help black people become first-time home buyers, where they give them uh, like a hair, they give them a $40,000 grant or something like that, where they don't have to pay it back if they, as long as they meet some criteria. Is that the way? Uh, You're talking about Evanston. Could, uh, You're talking about Evanston, Illinois. No, uh, no, that's I'm, I'm talking about in uh, Milwaukee and Colorado. They have something. Uh, it's a Deerfield Fund, and you can get forty thousand dollars if you're black. Mm. You're first time home buyer. They help you get a home. Uh, yeah, that's similar to what they're doing to... in Evanston, Illinois, where those specific reparations, which by the way are coming out of uh, cannabis or marijuana revenue are directed only in the housing area. It's it's one approach that apparently, you know, people are taking. It's one approach. It's one area of repair. Um, I think I'm, I'm for um, repair in every area of harm, okay. if that okay. makes sense. Okay. No, you're fine. You're are fine. you? <laughs> So, Derek, no, you're, you're I, what's your I mean, bottom you line? Are you, you are you, do you support reparations for Black Americans? Do you support these various things that you're bringing up, or are you just like in the phase of figuring out what is being talked about, and what's being done in the space? I've gone to some uh, reparations meetings in different states, and it always gets into a not an argument, but it always people have different ideas about how the money should be spent. I was in Wisconsin, Milwaukee. They had a group going around. They were, they were in Chicago, and they were in Milwaukee. They were going back and forth, and they were just telling, this is the way when we approach the government, we need to do uh, this is what we their feeling was uh, was through the schooling. Somebody said, no, I don't need any schooling. I need right. some money. Right. Okay, so, and, uh, I mean, yeah. But there's nothing wrong with everyone having a different opinion. The question is, are you showing up? and influencing what's actually going to happen. Yeah, they had our like a community meeting there and they were going to uh and they well, they had some people and of course they got into uh differences and because we're different people and everything. Right. The, and that we're doesn't and and having and having differences of opinion doesn't have to kill our momentum either. It actually can boost right. our momentum by having thoughtful, comprehensive, informative conversations that move the ball down the field. And so I'm glad you showed up to those meetings. I'm glad you're having that talk and um, informing yourself and then calling here and informing your friends and your family because that's how we're going to have to do it, um, both and, I think. 800-920-1580 if you want to call me like Derek did. Um, I'm sorry, Derek, land for me real quick. Derek, are you there? Okay. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I just said land for me real quick. I've, I um, I want to be able to take some other phone calls here as well. Well, like I said, I enjoyed your uh, thing on the reparations. Like I said, every part of the country is different. 
And that's what they were pushing. That's what they were talking about out there. Yep. Every part of the country is different, but we could all, um, all 50 states could be impacted by, by a federal reparations program. And, and, and hopefully we get there. 800-920-1580. I'm Dominique DePrima for KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Heard any other talk radio lately that sounds anything like this? We didn't think so. You're listening to Unapologetically Progressive KBLA Talk 1580. And uh, we're talking about reparations. We, you know, you're welcome to weigh in on whatever else happens to be troubling you, inspiring you, worrying you, or getting you going this morning. 800-920-1580. 800-920-1580 is the number to call. Um, and, you know... You are, if you're really serious about making uh, making this change, if you're really serious about getting this across the finish line, which I believe we will, and I believe we are uh, in, in my lifetime, and I also think it is, it, it's taking the efforts of all of us, right? Um, whether we agree with each other, don't agree with each other. Um, one place to start is to start with the... Um, the report, if uh, you got 1,200 uh, pages worth of reading time, but they also have an exe- executive summary that's just uh, about 60 pages. It's oag.ca.gov. That's Office of the Attorney General, oag.ca.gov. And you you can download the entire 1,200-page um, reparations task force report or the executive summary which is actually 75 pages let's go to mike calling us from los angeles hi mike mike you there mike testing one two you're on the radio (laughs) okay i guess mike's not ready um so what i was saying is to get uh to go ahead and get the executive summary uh, if you don't want to read 1,200 page, pages, you can start with those 74. And what it does is it takes us step-by-step step through that process. Um, that process that was done in California, which many have argued on this show, could easily be used by the federal government. In other words, instead of reinventing the wheel, use the data, use the stories, use the work that's been done by the California Task Force as your study and go um, right to the process of implementing reparations in the United States of America. H.R. 40, which is a bill that's been kicking around Congress for decades now, was meant to create a study for federal reparation. It has never been, it, it only recently even made it out of committee. It's never actually been voted on um, by the Congress. And some folks are saying we've already done that work now. We should move on. Others are still advocating for the study to get done. I would love to see President Biden or, you know, I would have loved to have seen President Trump or President Obama sign that into into action by executive order. Go ahead and do the study. But I think there's a valid argument to be made that... Um, a national or federal reparations program could be put in motion right now based on the work of the California task force. Um, I don't see President Biden doing this while he's running for 
reelection, just as you've seen uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom backing off of uh, cash reparation, knowing that Governor Newsom will be running for president, if not in 2024, which time is getting short for 2024, definitely 2028. And he doesn't want to have the ball and chain around his neck or ankle or whatever of having to tell uh, white people and others who do not agree with reparations that he was the guy that did it in California. So I think it is toxic from an election standpoint. I don't even think that um, Emperor Trump would be bold enough to tell his followers that we were going to give reparations, even though they think he now they think he's some kind of savior. I think that might be that might be a bridge too far for the MAGA crowd for his base. Um, you know, yeah, you can stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot someone, but can you offer cash repair to Black Americans? I doubt that. But hey, uh, if he did it. I'd be for it by executive order. I do think in the off chance, and I say off chance because right now I don't think it's a done deal at all. In fact, I think it's looking a little shaky in the event that Joe Biden is elected for a second four-year term for president. I feel like that's the time when we would need to do a full court press on an executive order. I mean, full court press can be done now, but a full court press that could actually succeed, right? Because I just don't see any high level candidate. Of course, your confederate, not your confederates, your Nikki Haley's who can't even associate the civil war with our enslavement, let alone uh, a reparation. It's not going to happen until a, an elected has nothing to lose, meaning they have no chance of running for another four years. And when talking with reparationists that I know from the um, Japanese American movement, one of the things that comes up is this idea that the local and statewide conversations are, are really important in terms of changing the narrative because those really specific stories of actual families and individuals who have, have lost everything or been harmed in various ways, seem to cut through the cacophony in ways that theoretical conversations about who deserves what do not do. Uh, and that's why, um, that's why, just one more reason why what we're doing here in California, what they're doing in Evanston, in San Francisco, in Los Angeles, in Boston, in New York, are important. It's not too late to call me, 800-920-1580. We are KBLA, Talk 1580, 40 acres and a mic. The station you turn to when you've had it up to here with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. The conversation continues right now now, now, with Dominique DePrima on First Things First. Right, right now. uh, Remember, we do this every Friday, Friedman Friday. We have a guest in the uh, second hour of the show, 7 o'clock Pacific. And in the final hour, we open up the phones just like this for you to speak your piece and get in the conversation. Let's go to Frank calling us from Detroit. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Mr. Prima. Highly respect you and uh, highly appreciate what you and Brother Tavis do. Thank you. The whole team, yes. Um, I think the reparations is, is very important. I think we have to attack it on all fronts. 
by any means necessary, just like, you know, the brother Malcolm taught us all. So, uh, leave no stone unturned, but, uh, you, you elaborate on most, most things and, uh, delve into, you know, each, each mentality pretty, pretty thorough to me. So I, I like the different points of view and, uh, personalities that you, you know, uh, that call in and you, and you, you try to deal with. Well, I appreciate you picking up the phone. This is your first time calling? This is my first time calling. Yay, welcome. I hope you'll call again. I, I know it can be a lot to, you know, get up and get on a public platform, but um, I appreciate uh, the conversation. Oh, I love it. I'm always in the comments talking. So, yeah, I was like, let me call one. Uh, I got some time. I'm at work, actually, but I'm like, let me call. Well, uh, I I appreciate the call. Hope you'll call again, and I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous weekend. All right, you as well. I definitely appreciate every, everything, and I appreciate the love. And much love back at you. I am on all the socials, KBLA 1580 or me, uh, Deprima Radio, D-I-P-R-I-M-A, and then radio. If you're in one of these chats or arguing with me on Twitter, please follow, like, subscribe, tap that like button. It, it makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah, my quote. I forgot about my quote. It is Frederick Douglass today uh, for me. Frederick Douglass, um, of course, <laughs> you know, Thank you for all of uh, all you have done for our country. He says the limits of tyrants are prescribed by the endurance of those they oppress.